Welcome to the PCOS Girls Podcast. I'm Bridget Warren, founder of PCOS to Wellness and creator of Sisterhood and Mamahood Teas. And I'm Melissa Christie, founder of PCOS Pathways and creator of the PCOS Journal. And guys, we are not doctors. We are just two women with PCOS who love reading about it, talking about it, writing about it, basically just oversharing about it. (laughs) So we recommend you find a health practitioner you love to support you on your journey. In the meantime, this podcast is all about how we have gone from hormonal messes to motherhood, the simple changes we've made to improve our PCOS and the ups and the downs of living with this complex condition. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the PCOS Girls. I am Bridget and I am here with the lovely, beautiful, glowing, what else can I say about you? Radiant, um, <laughs> gorgeous, smiling, laughing Mel. <laughs> oh my God. We have to stop Yeah, I know. This. It's actually getting out of control. It's, it's kind of annoying now. It's like, yes. I need more words. I, I love it, but the pressure is mounting. <laughs> right, next week, we're not doing it, guys. We're canning this. Yeah, <laughs> this love affair has ended. <laughs> Breaking up. Podcast is over. Uh, no. I think, um, yeah, no, I agree. Let's, well, like maybe we can every week have one describing word for the other person. Okay. And we have to think about it. Oh, how are you? What's been going on? I am good. I am good. Um, oh, what's been going on? I feel like not a lot, but then I feel like a lot at the same time. What did I do? Oh, so this weekend really threw me because I had to run a workshop on a Saturday for my other business and oh, and that. like because it was on a Saturday it basically just threw out my entire week <laughs> so I just like woke right. up yesterday and was like oh Saturday and then I got to do like I've got two more days and then I didn't and then Flynn's just been sleeping really bad I don't know what is going on but he's waking up two to three times a night again and he'd been sleeping through for so oh. long I know I shouldn't be telling you this now because I know that you're waking up like a bazillion times a night. So I always, I always say this, and I'm like, I'm really not. She has a newborn. So, um, you're not. Oh my god, so good. No. Yeah, it's pretty good. What? Yeah, she's just always been a great sleeper. So how, I don't know why Koji woke up. How often are you waking up? Multiple times a night for the years. <laughs> how many times a night well, do you wake up? Well, I like <gasps> once. That's so good. <laughs> she wakes up at. I know she wakes up sometime between sort of usually like three thirty and five, oh, so you get that and I just bring her into bed and I. Oh, guys, sorry if that sounded a bit funny. My internet has been really cruel to me these last few weeks, and we keep sort of dropping out on each other, and it's making us talk over the top of each other and not hear each other. So, hopefully, it's good for the rest of the episode. But oh. Yeah, sorry about the sorry. If And I know it sounds again. like I'm always talking over Mel, but that's because she just like fully cuts out and I can't hear her. So I'm not being rude. I just Yes, can't Bridget's hear her. not rude. All right, guys. So we just had a little bit of a technical glitch. <laughs> but we're, again. again, we're back. Um, so we're just going to keep on soldiering through and hopefully it's all good. Mel is now sitting like against a wall somewhere in her home, hoping that it makes a difference to our <laughs> yeah. recording. <laughs> Praying to the NBN satellite gods to uh, keep working. <laughs> yes. Anyway, how's your week been? Um, yeah, do you know what? My week has – I feel like sometimes you and I go through really similar things at the same time. So my parents' dog, which is like my dog, 
passed away last oh. week. She was really old. Yeah, so she, she actually got put down, but like she was literally dying. She just laid down oh. and was done. So it was very sad. I'm so sorry. But also, I'm so pardon. sorry. It's so hard. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it is hard. I think it was a little bit different this time. Whenever one of our dogs has died, I've always been just a wreck. Mm. But something felt different this time and I think it's because she was so old and so sick for yes. so long and actually we thought she was going to die. It was the 4th of July last oh. year we thought she was going to die that day. So it's, there was so much more light. Like I was sad back then and I've been sad since seeing mm. her. So I don't know. It's And because she was she was dying, it was just like, wow, like that was her full yes. life and it was her yes. time and I just hadn't ever felt that way about any of our dogs dying before so I don't know I've sort of I've handled it a little bit differently this time so that happened and also very recently like an old friend of mine died and Mm. it's just like it's been a very strange time yeah um full on yeah very emotional yes full on and just so many emotions and Mm. yeah Mm. that's tough I'm really 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 sorry to hear that I hope you're doing okay Thanks. It's never easy. Yeah, I am. And I guess it's like it kind of ma- makes me reflect on my life a little bit and yeah. um, be very grateful for all that I have. And yeah, different yeah, perspective. to come. So I agree. Yeah, for sure. Oh. Anyway, so <laughs> funny week, definitely. Yeah. But um, anyway, let's get into yes. this episode. And today, guys, we want to talk about sharing your PCOS diagnosis or sharing about PCOS with your loved ones and I guess how we go about it and maybe some little tips as well. I know you've got some great things to say, Bridget. As a big thank you for listening to our little podcast and for being a part of our very special PCOS Girls community, we've created a discount code that you guys can use for any of our products. Head to PCOSToWellness.com for Bridget's products or PCOSPathways.com for my products and enter in the code PCOSGIRLS15 for 15% off. That's PCOSGIRLS15. Love you guys. This is one of those things. Well, one, I get asked quite a lot through DMs and just people who are contacting me on Instagram asking, you know, how do I explain what I have to a loved one or um, a family member or a friend or my partner? And I think it's really tricky and it was one of those things that I've had to navigate Mm. on my own there wasn't any I didn't have any guide or I didn't have hadn't heard anyone else speak about how they went about it I don't know if that was the same for you Mel or not yeah I've just sort of (laughs) blundered my way through it (laughs) I think it depends on the kind of person you are too like some people are really private and I'm not (laughs) I mean I'm sure I am about some stuff I'm sure I am about some stuff but like I don't know, PCOS wasn't something that I I felt particularly like I wanted to keep Mm. private. So my approach might be different to other people who don't really want to talk about it. So, yeah, yeah, everyone's different. That's interesting because I found in the beginning like I was – I kind of didn't want to tell people I had PCOS. Like I almost Mm, felt a bit of shame around it and that was when I started Mm -hmm. my account, originally PCOS to Wellness on Instagram, I actually did it under like – I had no identity to it. So it was just like this account run by someone, but it wasn't 
me. So I think that's yeah. really interesting to hear you say that you sort oh. of weren't weren't yeah. bothered by it. And I think that this that's the whole point of what we're going to talk about is that everyone has different ways of approaching this and there's no right or wrong way. It's completely up to you how mm. much or how little you want to share with the people around you. It's just that sometimes you do feel like you want to tell people because it's going to make your life easier. Like there's less having yes. to explain reasons why you do things or, you know, why you haven't had yeah. children yet and all of that. So I think that mm-hmm. that can be really helpful. And that's certainly something that I found helpful once I started opening up and talking to people. And interestingly, mm-hmm. I found it so much easier to talk to people I didn't know as in like on Instagram and share my story so there true. as I compared to like talking to like people that were really close to me in my life, which sounds so stupid. I have that too, though. It's like, it's not that I don't want to share the things that I share on the internet. It's that I just don't. It's like, I want to tell all you guys about what's going on. Whereas like the drive to tell my friends and family isn't there. It's really weird. I think I would talk about it with them. Yes. And I guess just being with people that I totally understand because they're like living yeah. it too. I guess that really yeah, helps. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, so I think that I just wanted to touch on some things that helped me when I was talking to people and opening up to people about having PCOS. And I know you wanted to do the same, Mel. So I think for me, like one of the really biggest things, which we just sort of touched on was going from this feeling of being like ashamed or embarrassed about it to just being like, this is what it is. And it affects more than one in 10 women. And it's, it's really common and I'm not alone here. And when I shifted my mind to thinking more in that mentality, like there are so many other people also going through this as opposed to like, I'm all alone and I'm, I wish I wasn't doing this. I found it much easier to start to open up to people and just sort of talk really openly about it and not be ashamed about it as well. And I think that that was probably where I started my journey in being able to become really vocal about what I was experiencing. Yeah, that's so interesting. And such a, I think the idea of shifting your perception of it is, yeah, I guess really powerful because it can help you to open up like that. I think at first it just was natural for me to talk about it because I think I was relieved. Like I think I've talked about that before when I got my diagnosis, it was a relief for me because it was like, ah, uh, this is what's going on with me. Like there's a reason. And so for me, I just wanted to tell people because I was like, dudes, like, oh my God, I just found out like this is why I'm like this. Yes. But then moving forward, like you say, once you find out it's like one in 10, at least like even up to one in five women who have this eventually, definitely not straight away, but sort of years in. And once I started certainly on my path to making the journal and everything, I was like, the advocacy side of it came through for me. It was like, people don't know about PCOS because people aren't talking about it. So I'm going to talk about it and tell people Mm. about it. But everyone's not like that. And I don't think we should have a pressure to have that responsibility at all. But I was in a, you know, in a place where I was really happy to 
take on that responsibility of helping to spread that awareness. Because if you tell your mom and your sister and your auntie about PCOS and then they tell someone, there's probably going to be less people walking around undiagnosed. Yes. And the other thing I found is the more people you speak to, the more people who turn around and say, oh, yeah, I've got that as well. Or may I think I've got that, you know, and I just couldn't believe yes. the number of people that that happened to when I started mm-hmm. to talk really openly about it. And you go, yeah, like we're mm-hmm. not alone. Like there's literally in my own friendship group a bunch of us who have PCOS mm-hmm. or but then that might come onto the discussion of yeah. having endometriosis or, you know, it opens the mm-hmm. conversation for other things that are going on and people feel a lot more supported, I think, when you are really open mm-hmm. about these things. And obviously I think like something that I think again helped me was make a list of like you don't have to physically make a list, but in your head, think about who you want to tell um, and start with those mm. people that you know are going to be really supportive and understanding and they can mm. become your allies and become your little support team because then when you do want to go and tell people, for example, I had someone ask me once like how I, you know, I've started seeing a guy and I don't know when I should bring up when I have PCOS mm. and like do I tell him? Yeah. Is it an issue? And I was like, whoa, I don't actually really even know where to go because I was already with Jesse when I was diagnosed. So it was never like I had to go through Mm -hmm. a dating phase with someone. But I think um, if if you've already done it a few times with people that are around you and you've spoken about it to people who are close to you and are going to understand it, it becomes a much easier conversation Mm -hmm. to do it with other people when you've sort of already had a few goes at it and you've already been asked some tough questions and so you're sort of ready to Mm -hmm. go with the with these new mm. people that come into your life as well that's what i think anyway so true and I, that's a really good point and sorry, yeah and go i was on. just gonna say and i think you can do it in a way like i was thinking the hardest things for me when i was diagnosed with pcos was in social situations because i didn't necessarily want to have to go out mm. and be like hey guys i have pcos but I found like I didn't want to go out anymore and drink and eat foods that were going to be inflammatory and, you know, have to worry Mm. about will that restaurant have things that I'll feel comfortable eating, you know, all of that. So Mm -hmm. I started to change like those people that I would normally say go out to a restaurant with, I I started to say, hey, do you want to go for a walk? And then I could open up to them on a walk Mm. as opposed to like being in a really vulnerable situation where I felt like I was annoying people because I didn't want to drink and I didn't want to eat certain foods Mm. and people were being like, oh, she doesn't eat this anymore. Like, you know, but they didn't understand it was because I was dealing with this PCOS. It wasn't because I was trying to be an annoying person and just wanted to eat salad, you know? (laughs) Yes. Totally. And I guess the more people who know about it, the more they'll understand that PCOS can really affect our lives. Like I think a lot of people, you can't really, you can't really see, other people wouldn't be able to see PCOS. Like they don't know what those symptoms Mm. are. And so the more people who do, the more will understand that like it can really affect our lives in so many ways, like down to socializing with people and where we go. So I think that that's a really good point, just starting with those close people that you feel really you could handle having that conversation with and I think too like I don't know I think this is true of anything when you talk something out an issue or something that's happening in your life 
it just, the more times you talk it out, like you process it as well and you come to see how you feel about it and that can develop and change. And I love that. Like I know in my relationship, that's really a powerful Mm -hmm. part of our relationship. I can have like issues going on in my head and they can really mount. And once I get it out and I actually talk about it, I become clearer and the pressure releases. Mm. And yeah, I think. I think that's another good reason to talk to at least someone about yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as well that the really one of the most important things I found is when I mean there there are times in your life I don't know if you've experienced the smell like I know some people have it for example if they've suddenly put on weight or if all of a sudden you know no one ever said to me like oh gosh what happened to your face you've got acne and all your hair's falling out like no one ever said that to me but I could feel Mm. that people Mm. who hadn't seen me for six months and then saw me were like whoa like she looks a bit different you know um or I used to get we weren't even at this point thinking about babies but like when are you going to have babies you know like when when Mm. when do you think you'll have children and like I think that's a really common one as well and being able to if you feel like you want to open up and say that you have PCOS and that one you know you could lead with I think leading with research and facts is really powerful as well because you can turn around and say Mm. look you know we are thinking about kids but as you guys know or you might not know I have PCOS and it is the most common cause of female infertility so we're not sure how long it's going to take and then that will hopefully Mm. shut someone up and they'll feel like they said, you know, yeah. that I think they would feel like they were pretty rude because it's a very invasive question and hopefully you won't get asked that question yeah. again. And if you say that in a, in a really confident way and like, I know what's going on. And then you can mm. also use that to be like, and that's why I eat the certain way I do or I manage manage it with diet and lifestyle. That's why I've got to be really careful with the certain things I'm putting into my body and really managing my stress and things like that. And I think once you start to be open about that and talk about it, once you've said it once, it's very unlikely that someone is going to question you again unless they are really interested and maybe they're suffering with similar things themselves or maybe they're like, oh, wow, like I'm also struggling with this. Tell me more. Like what are you doing? I, I'm really intrigued and interested to learn from you. Absolutely. I Like you said, I, and I have a couple of friends who have gone on to get PCOS diagnoses from the conversations we've had and one of them ended up having Hashimoto's mm-hmm. as well. And so having these conversations can really help other people as well. And the fact that we don't have these conversations about our periods and about our hormones and about fertility is because it's been this taboo sort of subject. But women didn't make it a taboo subject, mm. like the patriarchy. <laughs> the bloody patriarchy. And, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Um, And we do not have a responsibility to have to fight the patriarchy Mm -hmm. or anything like that. But for me personally, like I... I remember that and I, it gives me confidence to say that to myself that this uncomfortable feeling of this being taboo isn't, isn't because really my decisions or the decisions of women, it's because of something that's been going on for generations and generations from the society we live in. So if I talk about this, I am helping to change mm. that. That really kind of energizes me to yeah, do that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and in our, I mean, obviously Bridget and I talk about this stuff all the time <laughs> in a very public <laughs> setting. So I know we're in a very different situation to a lot of listeners, but it helps fuel me to do that Same. as well, to talk to you guys, knowing that this could help change this really annoying situation where we're in, where we're not even meant to talk about 
the fact that we bleed every month or every three months. <laughs> yeah, it it's pretty wild. <laughs> and I think the more I open up, the more I want to keep opening up as well. It's like opening a can of worms with me. It's like, oh, now I feel, you know, now I've spoken about that. I can talk about anything and I feel comfortable with that. And yeah. and I've also come to a point in my life where I don't care about judgment much anymore because my thought is if you judge mm-hmm. me, I don't want you in my life anyway. Like if it's if I, if you're judging me in a really yeah. negative, horrible way, then there's no room for yeah. you in my life. There's no space for you. So I don't actually care about that anymore. Whereas, you know, quite a few years ago, I would have really mulled over someone's opinion of me and it would have really crushed me. Um, but now I'm sort of like, whatever, like if you think that that's totally fine, but it doesn't affect me anymore. Mm. And why should it, you know, it's, it's, this mm. is something that a lot of us, can't do like you know this is not something we've done this is not it's it's something that we can manage with diet and lifestyle and herbs and supplements and stress management and all those different things but it's not something that we woke up one day Mm. and did to ourselves you know it's 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 just something that we're dealing with like many other conditions that women and men have and that I think that being able to say to people the best way I can be the best version of myself and manage this is by doing this, this, and this. And that that's all the explanation that you need to give someone sometimes, that I'm going to feel the best version of mm-hmm. myself if I don't eat that or if I choose to eat this instead or if I stop doing high-intensive exercise and I go to doing walks and yoga instead. Like that's, that's all you have to really say to someone because no one's ever going to question, yeah. oh, well, why would you want to feel the best version of yourself? Like that's a weird thing. No. <laughs> That's so true. So true. And so many of the things that you're saying, even if you're talking to your friend or your auntie or whatever, and they don't have PCOS, so many of the things that we do for our PCOS are helpful for any person in their life. And so you can like... I guess, okay, I'm going out on a bit of a limb right now, but I feel like if you're listening to this, in part it's because you're kind of enjoying being able to have this Com- I, I hope to feel like you're sort of feel like you're part mm. of this this conversation and so if you're listening to a podcast to listen to this conversation about PCOS like imagine if you could have that with some friends or some family in in person you know mm. what I mean and so having these conversations can create that and I know I have friends who don't have PCOS I, I one friend jumps to mind like she doesn't have any chronic condition at all but we talk all the time about periods and cycles and ovulation and fertility because the things that affect women with PCOS also affect other women. Other women still want to try to conceive yes. and want to be as healthy as they can be. Other women still want to uh, try yoga or try a low GI diet or, or whatever it might yeah. be. So these conversations can extend beyond PCOS. But if we um, aren't having those conversations, we might never get there and our friend might never get to get there. Mm, so Absolutely. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Sisterhood Tea. Hi guys, it's Bridget Warren, the founder of PCOS to Wellness and creator of Sisterhood Tea. Sisterhood Tea is a powerful blend of herbs that has been specifically created by me to help other women like me who may be experiencing the many frustrating symptoms of PCOS and other hormonal imbalances, which affect so many women. Every ingredient in Sisterhood is 100% natural and has a purpose. And most importantly, 
The ratio of each herb has been carefully weighed out to ensure the perfect amount is added into each bag to make it an easy and accessible way for you to manage your symptoms every day. And don't worry, I promise it tastes nice too. Sisterhood tea is a powerful holistic alternative and is suitable for all women, but has been specifically designed to help support women who may be experiencing symptoms of PCOS and other hormonal imbalances, women who've been on the contraceptive pill or are coming off the contraceptive pill, problematic skin conditions such as acne and dermatitis, fertility issues, weight management, hair loss and hirsutism, moodiness, bloating and menstrual cramps, and of course, regulating the menstrual cycle. Sisterhood tea is 100% natural, organically grown where possible, vegan, and hand-blended and packaged in Australia. The results and hundreds of testimonials for Sisterhood tea are honestly just incredible. And some of the most inspiring stories include clearing up stubborn acne, growing back hair loss, regulating their period, and even successful pregnancies after years of trying everything else. We call them our little sisterhood babies. So if you want to find out more about sisterhood tea or read some more of the amazing testimonials, head over to PCOSToWellness.com where I ship worldwide. Being our own advocates is something that we will say until we can't say it anymore, but just being your own advocate is so, so important and something that if you if you don't do this for yourself, like no one else is ever going to do it for you. And obviously mm. it's always up to you how much or how little you want to share with someone, of course. And some people you never will tell. There's people in my life who I've mm. never told I have PCOS, yeah. but yeah. if it is affecting my relationship with them or the way I want to be around them, that's when I think it's a really good opportunity to have a think about, is it worth having that conversation with them? Or And mm. I also think shifting the way you speak about it to someone as opposed to this, I'm embarrassed, I'm ashamed, I wish this didn't wasn't happening to me, that sort of narrative, but shifting it to a, I'm so glad that I finally found out what mm. what is you know the root cause of my issues and how and you know how I can now manage this sort of what you said Mel like it was a relief mm. to to be diagnosed yeah. because now you can go on and do all these things to help you and manage it and reverse any of the really horrible symptoms going on and I think that that's a really good way to phrase it as well because then you're not putting you're not scaring people or making people think that this is a really horrible thing it's just like I'm just so grateful that I was one of the lucky ones that was diagnosed because, you know, less than 50% of women are actually properly diagnosed. So that means millions of women go around living with the symptoms and don't ever get diagnosed. So how lucky am I that I have been diagnosed and I can now make the changes I need to to make to live Mm. a really thriving, wonderful life? And I think that's a good way Mm. to put it sometimes. Absolutely. I think that's a really, really good point. And I think just follow your gut. Like if um, I've seen, this wasn't a message to me, but I remember seeing this as like a, a post in a PCOS group on Facebook, someone saying that like they they wanted to tell someone they had PCOS, but oh, they didn't know if they should, like, should I, should I tell them or not? And I think mm. I remember thinking when I read that, like, if you have the urge to tell someone, do that. Like, yeah, it's, 
don't worry about their end. If you're having that urge, it's probably because you feel comfortable to tell them or you're feeling like they need to know. So I think follow that. And equally, um, I've also seen posts from people saying, I really don't want to tell my friend that I have PCOS. Should I? Mm. Like, no. Like, just you don't have to tell anyone. You no. don't have a responsibility to tell anybody. It's fully up to you. But if you have that gut urge to tell someone, don't worry about their end. Like, that's for them to worry about. Just do what feels good to you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like I said, I think the only time that it sort of affected me where I was kind of in that similar mindset, like, should I tell someone that I've got this because uh, the friendship I have with them impacts my symptoms? So, like, for example, oh. the eating or the going out or whatever it yeah. is, like that's directly yeah, yeah, yeah. impacting my symptoms because I'm not mm. being able to manage my insulin or I'm eating foods that are inflammatory. And so in that situation, I think if it's going to affect you, you make the call and you either sort of try to change your friendship with them like I said like maybe they become Mm. your walking buddy if that's something that interests them or that you can say to them hey like check out these restaurants I found I think they'd be really good for me you don't have to explain why but you know out of these three which would you choose because you've already scoped out that they've got food options Mm. for you or whatever it is Mm. and I think that that's a good way of doing if you don't want to tell them specifically Mm. that you have PCOS but I do think even though people might, you might not want to tell people, if it's going to impact you directly, then you probably do need to make the choice. Like, do I tell them and explain it or do I try to change the mm. type of friendship I have with this person or do I maybe put a hold on this friendship for a little while if they're someone I don't feel comfortable sharing this information with but I also don't think I'm going to be able to change the type of friendship with and that is going to negatively impact me and my symptoms, then maybe I put a little hold on that and I come back to that later on if they're not going to support me in that way. I don't know. What do you think? I think so, definitely. It's it's also making me think about, you know, the sort of friend in your life who's like, when are you having babies? Why haven't you had babies? Mm. I think that really brings up the question of like, oh, like they – don't know what they're saying. Like, first of all, haven't they read the memo that women don't ask other women this question? Like, it mm. blows my mind that people still do this. But, like, haven't they seen all the memes out there about, yeah. like, not doing <laughs> yeah. that? Like, come on. But also, do you tell that friend, I have PCOS so, you know, it's hard for me to shut that sort of questioning down? Or do you just have some distance from that friend to avoid it? Or do you just grin and bear it? I don't think the last one is good. Mm. So I see what you're saying about how sometimes it's just, you know, having a bit of distance can be what you need to just protect your own mental health to yeah. and those awkward situations where people ask those really hard but it's like questions. with family though, right, as well. Like I think friends mm. is a little bit different because they're probably yes. not your friend unless you have, you know, you've chosen to be in some sort of a relationship with them. Family yeah. is different. <laughs> because- yes, that's so true. <laughs> like I always think back to the the year I was first diagnosed with PCOS and I was still quite, um, like I said, quite 
I didn't know how to process it and I was a bit shamed, ashamed of it and I didn't mm. want to have to be that annoying person at Christmas time who couldn't eat anything or do anything and I didn't like the way mm. I looked. And I just was going through a really hard time and I just remember dreading, dreading Christmas because I was mm. going to have to sit there and act like I was happy but I wasn't. I was going to have to be bombarded with questions about why I wasn't eating things or when were we going to have kids or, you know, all these different mm. things and yeah. it was a really tough time. Um, mm. but the following year when I was really sort of like out and proud about having PCOS, <laughs> um, people didn't question anything, didn't ask me a single thing. And so yeah. sometimes just hitting those people in your life where you probably only see them once or twice a year, they're not people that you are friends with by choice, but you sort of kind of still have to go and see them. They're the mm. ones I think that are really good just to be kind of blunt with and just throw a couple of facts at them and just throw a couple of different things with and just say, yeah, I was diagnosed with this um, and it's, you know, whatever whatever you want to say and and I've got to manage my insulin because of it or I've got to do this or whatever it is because no one's really going to question you once you just come out and honestly no one questioned me again, literally not because no one wants – some people find it really (laughs) uncomfortable to talk about things like that. So, yeah, yeah, I think it can work to your advantage sometimes. it can teach – people not yes. to do it like <laughs> once they realize oh like you're struggling with fertility and I've been you know the rude person asking when you're having babies like they're probably not well, I would hope they're just not going to ask anyone that question again <laughs> ever again it's true it's so true <laughs> uh, and like to be fair I before I was diagnosed with PCOS I would ask people like my friends oh, when, know, when do you guys too. think you're going to have a baby now yeah. I would rather die than ask someone that because I just know (laughs) that anyone could be going through anything and you've just got no idea. So yeah, look, I feel like we've gone a bit off topic, but hopefully people are getting (laughs) the gist of what we're getting at is at the end of the day, you have nothing to be ashamed or embarrassed about. That's I think the number one thing I want to get at. You have the complete choice and autonomy over who you want to tell and how much you want to tell them. That is 100% up to you. And you could pick and choose and you can tell someone everything and you can tell someone else absolutely nothing. That's completely your mm-hmm. choice and you shouldn't feel bad about th- those choices as well. And I think some people will feel really honoured that you've chosen to open up to them and mm. um, be, you know, their support person and be part of their little bubble of allies that are going to be able to help them through this as well. Like I I would be honoured if someone opens up to me and wants to tell me their story and um, mm. sees me as a someone who's caring and not judgmental enough to, to listen to them. So that's the other thing. Yeah. And I think do your research, know the facts, be your own advocate and, yeah, like I think if you could throw facts at people, no one questions you. Like <laughs> that's the reality that's of it. it. It's so true. And I think, yeah, if you're wanting to tell someone, but you're feeling uncomfortable about how personal it is, like, but you still are really like, they need to know for your sake or whatever it might be. Yeah. That real sort of advocacy awareness approach, I think is really helpful. Like, oh, have you heard about this thing called PCOS? You know, like there's so many people who have it and I've just gotten diagnosed and it's crazy. Like, you know, like that kind of approach of just like, Wow, yeah. there's this thing that exists and it's affecting so many people and some facts, like you say. But, yeah, if you guys have any tips like this, we would love to know. Mm, Sorry, Bridget, tell what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say the other thing is a lot of people don't even know what PCOS is. So that's another really yeah. good starting point. That They don't even yeah. know what PCOS They'd be like pox, you know. Yeah. What's pox? 
So you can actually explain to them, it's polycystic ovarian syndrome, but I don't actually necessarily have to have cysts on my ovaries. You know, here are the criteria that I would have to, that I met to be diagnosed. Like that's something else that that's another avenue you can go down if you want to explain what pox is to people. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Um, But yeah, this is just from our own experiences, the little tips that we've found or the approaches we've found. So if you guys have any, it would be so nice if you shared them in our group because it could help someone in there to help them. So, yeah, our group is uh, the PCOS Girls podcast community on Facebook. Please join us over there. Follow us on Instagram, all of that. But, yeah, we would love to keep talking about this. So, um, yeah, I'm if you have any super interested to hear how other people mm-hmm. have approached this because this is obviously just yeah. our own stories um and what what we've done but i'm so intrigued to hear other people who approach this and definitely share it because you don't know how many other people you might be helping just by sharing your own experience with this yeah and it helps us too because we do have women asking us about this and if we have other tips to share with them like that's great so yeah yeah Hope this was helpful for you guys. <laughs> it was definitely <laughs> nice to talk to you about it, Bridget. <laughs> I know. Likewise, uh, we will see you guys next week, I guess. We'll be same time, yep. same place, Mel. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Uh, bye. bye.